Hello, hello, people. Hello, KJ. KJ, hello. I know y'all read the title. We'll just get into it. We have finally have a guest. We got off our ass. I know. We can cook us. It's been twenty-five weeks. Wait, wait. How many? How many years? Has two weeks? Two weeks? Twenty-five weeks? What was the last guest? It was. It was July. Early July, I think. It's. It's been a rough semester. I've lost all ability to do math. The worst subject. Math is the worst subject. So, KJ, Mr. Correct Takes, you have never been wrong. Never ever. Sources have told me. So, where, 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 do you, where do you hail from, KJ, if you want to tell the people? I know the I mean, answer, though. I'm from Chicago, I think. Well, no, I, I know I'm from Chicago, but... <laughs> I think. I don't I'm, know. I'm Tony Gonzalez. Is, is Chicago the best city in the United States? Of course. Oh, my gosh. I can go on for hours and hours about Chicago. We have the best food, the best actors, the best, best comedians. Food. You can't say you have the best food when you have deep dish pizza. What? First of all, okay. Deep dish pizza is. We're gonna start this immediately. It's it's, it's, (laughs) it's supposed to be a pillar of Chicago, but people in Chicago don't actually eat deep dish pizza. We eat regular pizza from different stores, different places. But how does that? How does that work? What do you mean? Wait, 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 wait. Take take it back for a second. So Chicagoans don't like deep dish pizza. It's not that we don't like it. It's just that. It's something that tourists eat. We eat like we don't. People th- assume that that's all we eat in Chicago. We eat regular pizza too. Like we eat thin crust and like you know Domino's and, <laughs> and stuff like that. Do, do but you, like, do you personally like deep dish pizza? Then, of course, definitely. It's it's very yummy, especially if it's warm and cheese is like gooey and oh my gosh, it's amazing. It's a but, lasagna. That's what I was gonna no, say. it's not. Lasagna is layers and layers of pasta. Uh-huh. Deep dish pizza is is the one layer of crust, right? And then it's cheese. It's another layer of crust. And then it's the the sauce. It's basically like you infuse the pizza with cheese. Basically, it's not lasagna. This, this at sounds all. like lasagna to me. Unfortunately, you know, because lasagna has multiple layers. Yeah, so is deep dish. It's, it's one layer. No, it's, it's like it's like pie. It's it's like eating pie, literally. But okay, it's like that. eating pie. But pie pie is like. But the, the cheese is under the sauce, right? It's not like eating pie because that's that's, that's how like it's a, like because most pies, really? most every pie really is crust filling crust. This is crust sauce filling. crust. No, it's not. It's crust cheese, the second layer of crust, and then the sauce. Yeah, you, you're adding another layer though. You're just, there's three layers because of it's crust. like eating it's like eating a pie. Pies have two pie, layers. Right? Yeah, oh my god. No, pies are just crust and then whatever's on top and then a crust on top. <laughs> I think I think you have it all wrong, but okay. Well, I, do, I don't think so. Okay, well, 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 then let me let me just ask you a question. Chicago has the best food. What is Chicago food outside of deep dish pizza? Uh, it's it's not more so about specialty items. It's just more so like about the restaurants we have. Like we have right. all types of food. It's like a, a, a what is it called? A melting pot of food. Yeah. We have. Mediterranean food, Chinese food, Spanish food, Asian food. Like anything, any food from across the country, we have a restaurant in Chicago for it. And it's always I, the best food I from that place. I argue every city does. Well, we have the best. You got to oh, come out here and better. experience it's it. It's better. It's just it's better. better. Yes. Okay. Next time I go to Chicago, I'm going to eat the bean. What, what is the bean? It's it's the bean. And okay. then I can eat it and say I'm off a of bean in Chicago. Of course. I've been to Chicago, but I don't really remember much about it. I'd love to go back, though, because I, I do like Chicago a lot. Visit right now. The winter, perfect. It's beautiful. That's city. true. It's I'll, I'll, I'll pack. I'll pack my shorts. Yeah, Navy Pier. 
you have uh, Grant Park, uh, the Bean, the Sears Tower, the Magnificent Mile, which is like a mile-long strip of stores, high-end stores, you know, Gucci, Louis Vuitton, and they like that. So you can go out there and buy some high-end gear. Okay. Does, uh, I've, I've, I've been up the Sears Tower, like where you can look down on the city. Mm-hmm. I haven't. But I, was, I, was, I was very scared. It was very I've, scary. I've I mean, to be fair, I was like six. Heights but... are very scary, so. I understand. How, how do you feel about Chicago music? Is Chicago the best? Is, oh, is, is Chicago the pinnacle of any music genres right now, do you think? Well, I feel like drill music, we invented drill music, and nobody's, ever, nobody's been able to reinvent or do it as well as we have. Like, of course, you have New York drill and UK drill or UK, UK grime, but those aren't as good as Chicago drill because, like, for one, New York and the UK use the same drum style they use the same drum pattern the same beat pattern so you know it's you know the same style whereas with chicago uh drill we have different producers we have different sounds we have different people i want to say we all rap about the same thing because it's, it's some people that rap about the positive side of chicago but it's still drill then we have of course like you know the diss tracks and things like that so it's like it's different sides of it but all together the same thing which is drill so i feel like we we invented that and nobody's been able to outdo us and then we have people like, of course, Kanye, but he's old school. So for, as far as new school, we have Saba. And I know Chance is not, you know, people's favorite right now. We still give us acid rap and coloring book. I feel like those those two albums. We have been very critical of Chance. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we've we've expressed our um, our feelings about Chance in the last couple of years. I won't lie, though. I will give you that Chance in the past has given us some good albums and projects. And mm-hmm. I, I can't refute that. I will never say otherwise. But lately, hey, it's it's been uh, it's been something. The thing with Chance is that he he obviously he's spoken about this before. He said once he got married and became a Christian, he changed his music, he changed his outlook on life. And I feel like people think it came out of nowhere. Whereas I know for sure because I listened to him his whole career. The, the switch came in 20, 2015 with the album Surf. The last track on Surf is is a gospel song. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. like when he made the transition from making drug music or druggy music to making things that's more family friendly. I know that Color Book came out in 2016. We still had the church theme throughout that album too mixed in with some songs that kind of were reminiscent of acid rap i feel like he doesn't know how to balance out making things as family friendly without it being trash like you can make stuff that's listenable without it sounding like abc rhymes and that's like what's making him deteriorate as an artist like songs like hot shower i haven't heard the full song but i heard snippets of it and i can just tell like it's not something that you would play willingly like it's something that you would hear like a Chuck E. Cheese or something. <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese or something. Like, I wouldn't play it on my own time. So I feel like... You really managed to avoid Hot Shower for this long. That's impressive. I wish mm-hmm. I was in your shoes. Hot, hot Shower has taken over at least a long time ago. At this point, I mean, it's it's old now. But I think at the yeah. moment when it came out, it was like, that was like peak. It was it was a peak meme, honestly. I won't lie. Like mm-hmm. it was... that, entire, that entire record was just... It... Too easy to make it was just of. a joke. That album was so bad. And it's crazy because he had all those features on the album. And I feel like one of the things that made him a good artist was his solo records. Like everything on Acid Rap was pretty much solo. He had like maybe three or four features, maybe five, maybe six. But it wasn't like those features weren't like outshining him, except for maybe like Twister and Big Mensa. But overall, like the highlight of that album, of that mixtape was Chance. Whereas with Coloring Book and The Big Day, 
he had all these features in his show like he he came he became more mainstream he became more like a part of the industry or like he took a back seat to them and they were the stars of his own album which is like something that you don't want to, ha- want to happen yeah that's that's the mark of a career going downhill for sure mm-hmm. i just i just remembered that video that would go around on twitter that was like my wife's real cute my wife's real small let's go to the beach play with a beach ball <laughs> that was that oh, shit was a classic <laughs> that's a fucking classic oh i love my wife <laughs> let's go around oh i love my wife i love my wife <laughs> let's go ride a bike with my wife my wife is real young, my wife is real small. Let's go to the beach and play with a beach ball. Praise Jesus God and my wife. Let's go to the beach and ride a bike. Ooh, I love my wife. I love my wife. He could still rap. Like I, I can't say he's a bad rapper. He still has I mean, he has like, talent, yeah. Yeah, he, he, he has the technical ability, but he's not using that technical ability in a nice way. Like Big Mensa, people don't listen to Big Mensa anymore. I don't know why, but he's his last couple of projects, he's like, actually like rapping rapping and it sounds nice he just doesn't have the people anymore behind him to back him up like he doesn't have the popularity anymore that he had uh eight years ago so i don't know how he can get it back i don't think he's ever gonna come back but him and chance are good rappers i I can never call them trash they just haven't been putting out stuff that the masses like and it's i think it's largely due to the fact that drill has become like the main thing that's known in chicago you know because of dirk and herb and um keith like we still have Sabo, he makes conscious music of like from Chicago, but like he's not like a, a big name like Herb and Dirk are. So because her, because Dirk and Herb are making the one sound that Chicago is popular for, nobody. Or even really, Polo G. Oh yeah, Polo G, yeah, him too. So those three artists making one thing like one sound at Chicago, and it's the most popular sound. So like all the other artists that we have to to offer are taking like a back seat. And, like, I feel like if Chance was to, like, go back to his roots, not saying he has to go back to doing drugs, but, like, going back to making that raw, like, conscious music that, like, talks about the other side of Chicago, like Saba does, like, the the storytelling part of Chicago, then it kind of, like, it will help us show people that we're more than just drill. Because I feel like people think we're more, people think we're just drill. Like, you know how New York has boom bap, and they have drill, and they have conscious rappers. People know, like, they have variety over there. And Atlanta has trap, and they have Outkast, and they have all they have all these other artists that make something different from what's popular. Even though Chicago is popular right now, we don't have artists in the mainstream that are making something other than drill. So I feel like people are, I think people think of us as one dimensional. And for me, I mean, I think we're more than just drill. We're more than just gang violence, rapping about gang violence, rapping about things is it's negative. I know, like I know, we're telling a story about our surroundings, but. It's still negative in general, so I feel like we need that artist that makes that positive sound to be mainstream, so we can be like, you no, know, because people say, you know, stop the violence and all that type of stuff. But if you on the radio, if you're only hearing songs about <laughs> violence in the city, it's not going to help the situation. I mean, it's not going to stop regardless, but the music isn't helping the situation at all either. So um, yeah, I I think showing versatility in mm-hmm. in 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 rap scenes, especially like in in that kind of genre. It's kind of needed when you're talking about, you know, comparing a city because obviously Chicago is a pillar. So it's it, it isn't fair to say that they're just one dimensional when I mean they they're really not. You, you're also a big young thug guy. I know that's not Chicago, but 
How, how do you feel about Young Thug of late? Because I used to really like Young Thug. I used to be like... You used to? Well, I don't dislike him now, but the newer stuff is not... It ain't like the old stuff, I'll say that. Mm -hmm. I didn't I didn't even listen to the to the record he dropped like a month ago. Punk? Is that uh, what it was called? Yes, his album. It's called Punk. Yeah, yeah, I didn't listen to um, it. So I'll, I'll agree with you on the, on the fact that his newer stuff isn't as good as his younger stuff. And that's because this is going to take a while for me to express the main thing is that he's matured when he made all his music from 2014 to 2016 he was young he was like 23 24 22 so naturally when you're not young you have more creativity and you're more like you know hungrier to get to show off what you can do which is why barter six is his greatest album and the greatest album of all time in general <laughs> barter six um, is number one all time yes um so now i personally enjoy punk like it's very laid back it's very smooth the only thing i would say i wish he hadn't done i mean i'm not mad at him for doing it but at the same time like it was the, the album sounded like an extension of beautiful thugger girls like it sounded like he made a part two of that album i did like and beautiful I, thugger girls I, mean, I, I like beautiful thugger girls to be honest so the the, the the thing about it is that people on twitter they love the album they think it's, it's like top five and i'm like how do you listen to bar six ss1 ss2 ss3 so much fun and and on the run and jeffrey so thinks much that fun. so much fun is crazy i agree so like i said punk was an album that showed that he like i feel like he was going mainstream but at the same time it, it just felt like he was settled in like he he showed that he can do different genres, but I already knew he could do different genres because he has songs that's not on albums that he's rapping on that are not like the usual trap beats. They're like alternative or something. Just just it's not rap. It's like something that's different from what he usually makes. So with the album, of course I I, I liked it. I feel like it is not appreciated as much as it should be because the songs on there where he's rapping like rapping rapping, and people always say that they love when he raps like that, but. The songs that are that I feel like he's doing that on, people aren't you know talking about it. Like I said, I, I agree with the fact that his newer music isn't as good as his older music, but because it's because he matured. And with him maturing, that means he's trying to put his family and his friends on to the industry. So he's like taking a back seat, really like showing out. Like I feel like he still has the, the ability to like show out and make something like as good as you know Bar Six or not. Well, not as good as Bar Six, but like as good as like. Slime season two or something like that, but I feel like because he's focused on family now, he focused on putting his family, his friends on, and like his label, he he's not like really focused on like trying to make something that's like oh my god, this is you know, wow, groundbreaking. Because he already did that, he already made all that stuff that's groundbreaking. Like people are using his template to make their their sound now. So he he settled in, and with that being said, like the music, I wouldn't say the music is all bad because he he still hasn't made a bad album to me, you know. And I feel like until then, like until he reaches that point where it's like, oh my God, what is this? I feel like he's okay in my book. You know, he's my favorite artist ever of all time. I can like realistically talk about him for the whole show, but I won't do that. Uh, I, I will <laughs> say about Young Thug, it's like even when he was like, you know, at his musical prime, like we're saying, he never really got the recognition he deserved from like the normal yeah. listeners. Like I feel yeah. like every artist was like Young Thug, Young Thug, Young Thug. Like he he laid out this this this, and he did. I think Young Thug's one of the um, like un yeah, unironically like one of the biggest pioneers since like 2010 mm -hmm. in rap. And it's crazy because like he's been out longer than 2014 like he was doing oh, so long, long time yeah and and but like when he actually like came it's like prominence and like when he started getting noticed which is like 2013 2014 
that was the same time where like we were kind of like slowly like I, I can't really pinpoint I can't put a name on that style of music like 2014 it was like we had like it was like a shift but I can't really name that shift but I just know like that's when like Atlanta kind of like rose to popularity again like we they were already popular in general but I feel like 2014 like they had like Future was already he was already doing stuff before then but like Future and uh, I think K-Cap is from Atlanta too but like 2014 was like that, that time where like southern artists were really like you know doing better than the other regions but at the same time you still had j cole and kendrick and drake and i feel like 2015 which is like bar six and like that's the best year for music last decade 2015 had drake uh, a lot of people say 2016 uh, is actually i mean 2016 was a good year for music like we had a lot of stuff come out that year but 2015 as far as like just that switch is just the best year for me we had too many albums that were like critically acclaimed you know that's the that's that's in my opinion the best way of saying it is 2015 was like things completely flipped on a dime in terms mm-hmm. of in terms of music uh, yeah we i think we had a you, deal you can, the, the, the 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 shift in everything was like palpable you mm-hmm. know and 2015 we got bar six so obviously yeah. it's the greatest year ever. oh bar six is yeah, him. generational asap rocky you got push a t you got earl it's just that that year for music it just it felt like everybody's peak like everybody peaked that year and then it just nobody was able to recreate that year 2016 was more about the hype year where we got trap artists whereas like 2015 we had lyrical and trap 2016 we had like popular artists we had beyonce we had school book Q, we had uh we had kanye we had drake again it was like a popular like poppy type era right it's hard to explain yeah but I, no, I get it. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. I think the quality switch came in like 2015. 16, I feel like since 16, it's been all rap in the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it's before that, and I'm just wrong. But Rap is the most popular genre right now. And I can't say 100% it was always that way. I feel like people still, even now, they don't respect rap as a serious genre because of like they only, like on Twitter, like people condemn rap because of quote-unquote mumble rappers like you know Lil Pump, Lil Uzi like how do you always how do you only look at the negative side or the the uh party side of rap and not look at the serious side and not saying that party rap isn't serious because some people some artists that make party rap are you know seriously trying to make party rap so I hate when people condemn rap and try to say that it's not a serious genre because they don't make stuff that's considered quality and like quality is subjective so it's like it's, it's very debatable whether something is quality or not whether it's like you like it, or whether it's considered like something that's like good or not, but I feel like no other genre is is critiqued as closely as rap is. Like you have pop artists and you have rock artists and you have country artists that are using rap people, like using rap artists and using rap templates to make popular music. So without us giving them the blueprint, they wouldn't know what to do, you know. And this this has been going on for years. Like even before the 2010s, we had pop artists using rap artists to as a feature. To get them more popularity on the radio and get them more fans as a, in general. So to say that rap is a genre that's like run on people that don't take it seriously is is it's like it's crazy. It's like, I feel like that's an unfair assessment of rap. I think it stems through the fact that people are jealous that a, a black genre or a genre that's rooted in blackness is so popular. It makes it it makes them try to figure out a way to slander or try to like discredit it in a way i think you're right on that one i think that's why it's a very deep subject a lot of variables but yeah like you said butter six is amazing uh i can do a track by track breakdown of each song especially uh track track nine to ten i think i think it's well yeah track i can't i, I forgot the, the 
numbers of the tracks, but what he did on the album, like when I tell you, like nobody, not a single person that was able to recreate what he did on the album. He just, it was, it was amazing. He, he's wow. I I agree. I, I I don't think he ever made anything like that. However, Mister KJ, Mister Mister K Dot Johnson, uh, yes, you you are a man on Twitter that uh, claims to never be wrong. And you were very, you were very popular for for the claim that you were never wrong. Never wrong, ever. Have Have you ever been wrong? Have Can you name one time in your life that you have been wrong? It's it won't take me a while to think of it. Uh, <laughs> he just like me for real. <laughs> okay, so I would say I can't, I can't, I, I can't think of one. Un, undefeated, 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 never been wrong. never lost. So, undefeated, never lost. We're gonna put that to the test today. We we're we're gonna have to discuss some things. We're gonna have to get some takes out of you, and we'll see. Good. We'll see how we feel about that claim afterwards. So, I think the first question to start off with, it's the month of December. Is you know when this comes out, it'll be ten days from Christmas. So I gotta right. ask: Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? I think Christmas movie, a Christmas film, is a very broad topic. You know. It's, like, not all Christmas film, films have to be about Christmas. If it's if it came out around Christmas or around November, it's a Christmas film. It because it came out during Christmas, right? You, okay, the you're saying if it came out during the Christmas, like if it came the out Christmas around film. December, it's a Christmas movie. Yes, like not all films have to be about Christmas. Okay, wait, Christmas. wait, wait. Okay, hold on a minute, because this is one of the most wrong things I've ever heard in my life. Um, it's not so you're saying like the rise of Skywalker is you're saying Spider-Man cause Spider-Man's coming out in like a couple days. You're saying Listen, this upcoming Spider-Man is, is a Christmas movie. If it's something that you saw during the holiday season and that, uh, that, that, uh, feeling that you got while watching it reminds you of Christmas. It's a Christmas film. Like you I, saw it during Christmas and next Christmas you watch it again and you feel the same feeling you got by watching it that same year that you watched it last Christmas it's gonna be a tradition you watch every christmas it's a christmas film i think we got to call the associated press k dot johnson's wrong that's that's it's very like i say it's very touchy it's very broad well i mean you're 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 saying you're saying the the concept of a christmas movie comes down to subjectivity because it's the way it makes you feel okay i'll put it like this so on this channel this is just a reference on this channel there a film called now you see it right and now you see it is a is a film about uh, magic tricks and magicians, and they air it during Halloween, like the Halloween season. But it's not a Halloween film because it's not about scary stuff; it's just about magic. Magic is not inherently scary; it's just something that, it's like an illusion. But they air it during Halloween because magic and sorcery is tied to Halloween in a sense. But it's not that it's like it's not like a direct Halloween film. Like Halloween, we think of Halloween, we think of scary. Like you think of like ghosts and ghouls and monsters and stuff like that. But there's none of that in that film. So because it has something that's tied to it, they air on Halloween. Right. If you watch a film that comes around Christmas, you get, the, you get the feeling that you got of Christmas. It's a Christmas film. I'm talking about traditions. I'm not talking about the theme See, or like it being a Christmas film. Okay, so you're, saying, tradition. Well, so you're saying anything could be, like just anything at all could be a Christmas movie. Yes. Man. If, you, if it's a tradition every year to watch your own Christmas, it's a Christmas film. I'm not saying it's literally a Christmas film. I'm saying it can be a Christmas film because you watch it every year around Christmas. This might be based. He, I mean, Low key. 
It, it might be I mean, based. I, 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 under, I understand the sentiment. While I don't necessarily agree with it, I, I definitely understand. Like, I actually don't because, hate it. Because, like, horror movies aren't necessarily about Halloween, but we associate them with Halloween, mm-hmm. you know? Like, the movie Halloween is about Halloween. But, like, I don't know, Friday the 13th obviously isn't a Halloween film, yet people will watch it every Halloween or, like, scream exactly. or something like it's that. About so something scary. It's, yeah, it's about association. And I argue this point. That doesn't mean that I agree with the point. That just means I understand this point of view. Because well, I wouldn't okay. I wouldn't watch Die Hard on Christmas. Like, okay. before, like this Christmas. Okay. This that's, guy no, is... that's not how it works. Now, now we're getting somewhere. See, that's the thing. I know how to argue points that I don't agree with. So Die Hard is that has I wouldn't watch on Christmas. Only thing I watch on Christmas I, is The Grinch and The Grinch. Home Alone Three. Which Which Grinch and Home Alone Three. Jim, oh my gosh, really? Jim Carrey is my favorite actor of all time. So that one and then Home Alone Three, the best Home Alone well, in the series. Really? Whoa. Yes. Now we get yes. Yeah. Let's talk about it. I've, I've never, never heard of anybody. I've never even heard. heard. I've never even seen Home Alone Three. Oh my gosh! Okay, I've, I've seen it, obviously, but like, Listen, I've I'm never seen anyone say it's the best. I will Which say this about Home Alone. I will say this: they need to put that shit to bed. Please stop making Home Alone movies. I agree. So, listen, Home Alone Three, in my opinion, is the best one because number one, Kevin had a he had a legitimate reason to be at home. He was sick with chicken pox. Number two, as far as the excitement level of the villains there was like three or four of them so he had more opportunities to perform traps on them which is which made it more funny more exciting three uh like the, the, this third party story point is like it doesn't really make sense in a way but i'm explaining to you why it makes sense so the 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 writing on the film like the the, the backstory of a secret agency losing a chip it didn't happen to find it like it, i know it's like kind of morbid for to be like a family film but at the same time that writing is what made it more exciting because, you know, who would have thought a whole, like, uh, group of thieves would misplace a chip in a toy car and that same toy car would be identical to a grandma's toy car or a neighbor's toy car and then they switch bags. Like, the whole way they did that where it was like they picked the wrong bag up and then, like, just the, the whole thing, the whole writing process for that film was nice to me. And, like, the reason why I think it's better than Home Alone 1 and 2 is because Home Alone One, like between Home Home Alone One and Two, Home Alone One is the best one to me because like he, his parents got him. And he was at Home Alone, but Two, he was in New York, so he wasn't necessarily Home Alone. He was in New York, and then they forgot him again. Is it the Chicago bias? No, it's not. It's not. It's no. I mean, maybe, but no. <laughs> uh, he like how do I say this? Um, so his parents didn't forget him per se, but they weren't making sure he was with, him. and because he stopped at the airport while they were running and then he thought he saw his dad in a, in a brown coat and but it wasn't his dad it was somebody else like it's just like i don't i didn't like the way they made him lose his family like i like the first one because he, they actually forgot him he was at home like they they, they had like a real reason to forget him. they were rushing he was in the attic he was in the cellar or whatever but now <laughs> the second one he 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 stopped running and they it just i don't like the way they did that I mean, the film itself is enjoyable, but just like the writing, some some of the writing, I just, I didn't like how they did it. Well, I've never, I've never heard someone take Home Alone down to that level and dissect it that heavily. Yeah, I, I have a problem with doing that sometimes. But it's, it's good. I've never seen three. I've never seen two either on the low. But the third one also, I know Kevin is the. Mo- I mean, uh, what's his name? Macaulay Culkin is the most popular Kevin, but Alex D. Lenz, he like. He was like he, he wasn't scared. So 
when he saw these people trying to rob houses, he wasn't scared at all. Whereas Kevin, in both films, he was, like, scary. He was, like, running around screaming and, like, hoping someone would help him. Whereas Alex D. Lenz, he was like, come on, like, let's go. Like, I, enough, Kevin. Enough. I don't know, man. Kevin did some sadistic shit. He he dropped bricks on the robbers. He did some weird. tar and feathering people. Yeah, he. I'm, I know. Like I, I understand what he did as far as the traps and the, and all that. I'm just saying, like he had to grow into that gradually. At first, he was scared. Was he was the first he was scared. Story, dude. He, he fucking tar. He tarred a hat to the guy's head and burned him. But he had to grow. Like I said, he had to grow into that. I, I understand That's he was the... more like sadistic. But Alex, he was he was off bat. He was off rip. He was just he was ready for it. He was he was ready to go. You know. Man. So like it's like it's it's like it's close. Like I, I understand what you're saying as far as like Kevin being like you know he he had a, a shotgun. He was throwing bricks. He had tar. He had I think bowling balls. He had yeah. like a hot wire where he like made uh, Marv's hand burn in his hand. Like he he did stuff that was like oh my god are you fucking them up. But at the same time you know Alex he he had. Some, he did some stuff too. It's like for a kid his age, that's crazy. I think yeah. I think uh, Alex D. Lenz was like ten, or I forgot what age he was in that film. I think he was younger than Kevin, but it, I, I enjoyed his portrayal more than. Well, I can't say I enjoyed it more. I think I would say it's it's on par with Kevin's portrayal, like with with um, Macaulay's portrayal. All I think right. he did a, a good job. So okay, other oh, Christmas movies. How are we feeling about Polar Express? We've had to defend Polar Express before. That's true. Demix so, came on here and disrespected Polar Express. Really, I, I want to point out. Jimmy. I want to point out, Raza, that was like two years ago. <laughs> no way. Yeah, that was like two years ago. The thing well, about no, I'm depressed. The thing about Polar Express, the animation to me, it was like it was kind of, it was like very realistic. Yeah, at the same it, time. honestly, I thought it looked it was, great for 2004. I think it yeah, out. it did, it did. But now it looks like a video game. It's kind of like it's kind of it's, weird. It's like, all animation, animation ages like that, though. Like yeah, I, I feel like everything but Toy Story, animation wise, has aged pretty mm-hmm. bad. And like Finding Nemo, I don't think aged bad either. But I'm Finding Nemo, perfect animation. Oh my god! After all these years, perfect. I mean, pi- yeah, Pixar never does a bad job. Uh, I do think. Well, speaking of Pixar, I do think their animation is kind of redundant now. And that's not a bad thing. I just feel like they found... No, I agree. I found that. I feel like they, they found... They, they got perfect too early. I think I think Soul was very... You know, it was it was unique, but like... It was crisp, honestly. Like, it just looked yeah, good. But, and I feel like, every, like now, every film they make has that same animation now. Like, they don't, they don't switch it up now. Like, like well, as far as, like, Onward, Onward, it had different animation, but it's because they were aliens. They were monsters. Yeah, you know, like every other animation now has the same type of animation. I'm like, damn, like, how do you like? I know DreamWorks, they have different ranges of animation. Like Madagascar doesn't look like B movie, you know. Kung Fu Panda doesn't look like you know, uh, Threat. So they had different levels, you know. They have uh, different styles. Whereas Disney, Pixar, they they stick the same. Like the last couple of films has been the same type of style. Like from Incredibles two up and up, it's all been the same type of like super realistic, super you know intricate detail animation. And like I said, that's not a bad thing, but at the same time, I just wish they could like switch it up and like do something that's not like the same type of you know. If they can like switch it up and give us something that's like super goofy or super artistic, then I'll be like, okay, cool. They have range. They can do something that's not like repetitive. All right, but Polar Express, right? Yeah, uh, is, is how is how do you feel about it as a movie? Like just animation yeah. aside. Uh, as a movie, I, I can't I can't say like I know 
Tom Hanks, he's one of my favorite actors. I think top five. Uh, he he did good. But that being said, I can't I can't say this film that really had an effect on me. Like if I, if I sit down and watch it, I would probably like lose focus after a couple of minutes. Like after like thirty minutes, I would probably like, oh my god, like what's next? Like Come on, I feel like it's like Avatar. Really? I feel like it's like Avatar. Avatar no, I'm saying like the show. Or... No, no, the film. It's like Avatar the film, whereas the it has film, really the, good. Yeah, the live action film reeks. It's like Avatar the film with aliens. It has a really good animation or, or animation animation. Look I at it. You meant this. No, no, the Shyamalan movie. Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree with the Avatar take. I can't believe everyone is, comes on here. It's like Polar Express was boring. What do you? Why? How is it boring? I think it's the fact that it has a dark tone to it. And Christmas films is supposed to have a, a happy okay, tone. To what it. do you mean, though? I don't think it does. Like, are you ever seen the Christmas Carol? But that's the that's, that's a Carol got some. Yeah, that has some. But that's that's it's two different things. Christmas Carol is about appreciation and showing you, like, you know, how to not be a bad person on such a happy day. Whereas the Polar Express is about a mystery train going to North Pole, and it's like, you know, like okay, like it just has a, a like a dark tone to it in a way i don't i can't really explain the dark tone but i just know like i guess because at night like i guess because the whole thing is at night that that's the dark tone but it's just it's something about the film it's just it's not i don't get happy vibes from it like i don't watch that film to be happy i watch it just like watch something that's about christmas but it's not something i would look at in a cheery mood you know like you're the grinch has you're telling me happy tones to it uh, yeah, it does because I know I like the Grinch. Does I don't particularly like the live action Grinches very much. I like the animated one a lot. What? Um, wait, Jim Carrey, Taylor Momsen. Well, Jim Carrey did great, but Jim Carrey was very abused on, on the Grinch set. Um, I agree. But Polar Express, like you're telling me that that whole sequence in the North Pole isn't like just phenomenal and like happy and upbeat. Like I yeah, would it, say it is. It, it, so I'm saying like. It, it has scenes where it's happy, but overall, I don't get like. And I think of the Polar Express. I think of the synopsis. I think of a mystery train going to the pole. Mystery. I think of darkness. Mystery. I think of something that you don't know, like the unknown. And that to me, it's not something that's considered cheery. You know. So that's. I don't know, man. I, I it's just. Well, do you think it's boring? Like flat out, would you say the Polar Express no, is boring? I, I think, like I said, the animation is too intriguing to be boring. Okay. Great, like cause... once you have a good a good plot. And good animation, that's enough to like at least draw me in, yeah. you know. So I wouldn't say it's boring. D Mix came on here and was like, This shit was boring. And like, what, yeah, he's, what he's, he's called it a watch? boring movie. And I was like, Of all the words I'd use to describe it, boring is not one of them, <laughs> never be one of them. All right, I agree. Christmas songs, KJ, how do you what, what's the best Christmas song ever? Just flat out. Oh my god, it's a, it's a tough question because Christmas songs. It's all like the same fifteen songs sung by different people. It, That's a great point. Yeah, it is. It is. So like, I can't really pinpoint the greatest one because nothing in like five different versions, you know. But I will say, I do think every song has a best version though. Yeah, true. you know. I don't know. Like I, I feel like they had more like just like randomly writ- written songs that weren't like like you, like they have like certain songs that are like literally Christmas songs. Like they make these songs for Christmas and they're sung by like ten different people. Ten is like. 15 different people like a lot of a lot of renditions like i know um what's his, what's his name the guy from new york with the with the nice voice frank sinatra yeah <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
I, it's the guy, you know. He's some guy. Do you, do you think the Mariah Carey song is the best one ever? The All I Want for Christmas. Of course, is Mariah Carey is the greatest thing of all time. I agree. Honestly, I could get behind that take. I don't know if I necessarily agree. Agree, but like she's up there. She is. It, it's, it's, she's the top one. So Mariah Carey, and then Frank Sinatra, and of course Jackson Five. Like I listen to a lot of black artists as far as Christmas songs. Like outside of Frank Sinatra, I don't. I can't. I really pinpoint. Curtis Blow has one Christmas song that I know off the top of my head. Interesting. It's it's an interesting song. Um, so would you say "All I Want for Christmas Is You" is the best Christmas song? It's the most popular. I think she has a couple of songs on her album from that that the songs on that are better than that. Like really? I, when, I say, when I say better, I say I feel it more than I feel that song. That song is most I popular. Like, play it. I like I like Oh Santa a lot personally yeah. from Mariah Carey. And, I really uh, like Oh Santa. She has two Christmas albums, and both of them are like critically acclaimed. Like that's great. Like think about it. You doing renditions of songs that a lot of people have sung before you, and you have the most popular versions. That's crazy. Yeah, like, that means a lot. She's 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 one of the greatest to ever do it. Mm-hmm. Um. I will agree. I think Frank Sinatra's Christmas stuff is better than a lot of the normal stuff he did, to be honest. Yeah, it's it's something about Christmas music. It just makes you go to a different zone. His voice and then like the instrumentation that comes with Christmas songs and just like the the mood that you're in when you hear songs yeah. about Christmas, it just makes it better. Did, did you like the Michael Bublé album? Because I feel like that's one of the more popular ones of, of all time. <laughs> No, or at least recently. Not a, not a not a Blue Bay album guy. There's there's a couple songs by the on that album I think are good. Blue Bay's all right. His, his name is Blue Bay. That's a funny name. But no, I haven't heard these songs before. No. Wait, you never I've, heard I've, them? I've heard him sing a duet with somebody like on Christmas yeah, Eve. It, I mean, it's yourself or eat yourself. Or could you imagine? Um, Lady Gaga. Uh, I think it was Lady Gaga. Oh, I'm thinking of the song he did with the uh, the girl that sung the Frozen soundtrack. Idina Menzel. Yes. Yourself. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> that's that's criminal. You it's, are a criminal. It's cursed. It'd be kind of funny if they did that though. I feel like he totally would. I feel like Idris Elba would be up for that. Dude, it, you can tell Idris to do anything, and he'd be like, "Yeah, I'm I'm fucking down, mate. Let's fucking do yeah, it." Yeah, accent, accent, it's gonna make it sound even better. Um, and, uh, British accent, so him and Michael B- Buble, Michael B, Michael B. <laughs> MB, MB. I, I should have asked. What, what, what's your go-to Christmas movie? What's number one for you? The number one go-to, of course, is I'm, hmm, I think it's like a tie between the, the two films I already mentioned before, Home Alone Three and, and The Grinch. And The Grinch, but, okay. But if I didn't pick those films, I think the third one would be Deck the Halls. I've never even seen Deck the Halls. Uh, you know is what? It? Everyone. Oh Everyone says National Lampoons is like their favorite, and it's so good. But it's it's like it's it's eh. like it's, I've never seen any uh, lampoon film ever. Never. I've, only, I've only seen the Christmas one, but everyone says it's their favorite. It's it's eh. it's really not that great to be honest with you. Like it's alright. The Hall has Danny DeVito, which means it's automatically a good. Film oh yeah, that's fire already. Then for sure, Danny DeVito. He he just he it's his his character. Like I think it's the same thing with Kevin Hart, where he's short, so. And being oh, short. Yeah, it's funny. It's yes. funny because he's short, but it's also funny because exactly. he fat. Mm-hmm. True. So, Him and Matthew Broderick, Matthew Broderick from uh, Ferris Bueller. He's in so Simba. Like, Simba. Like, Simba. He is Simba. I, I don't know what my favorite Christmas movie is, but I do think if I had to choose a best one, I would probably say that it's a it's it's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, I agree. Like this just from like a 
film standpoint, you know? It's just isn't, such a good movie. Isn't that film kind of like a Christmas Carol? Same thing? Yeah, in terms of like the message of it all? Yeah. Yeah, in, in, in that sense. I mean, Bryce, we had this conversation a couple weeks ago that the, the fucking Mickey Mouse ones, they never miss, bro. <laughs> Mickey's Twice Upon a Christmas, the Mickey Christmas Carol, they're so good. They are really good. I, I've never... That, yes, you know what? That's my favorite. Mickey's Twice Upon a Christmas. Okay. Don't, don't do <laughs> all right, all right. I've never heard anyone say out loud that A Christmas Story is their favorite. <laughs> I honestly don't. I, I like it, to be honest, but... Wait, you've never, never, no one's ever said a Christmas story is their favorite. I I've, feel like people I've love Christmas. Never heard anyone say never. that. I feel like it's too many good films for Christmas. There's like, like it's like popular films like, of course, The Grinch, Home Alone series, Friday I, the Next. You know, yeah. it's like a lot, a lot of popular Christmas the, films. So the like Santa that. Claus. Mm-hmm. That uh, that, that is a hilarious string of movies. I won't even lie. That shit is ridiculous. I agree. Like we have a lot of like I think Christmas is like the one holiday where everybody goes out. Music, films, like just creativity. These go all out. I mean, that's one of the reasons I love it so much. Same. I mean, Halloween you have costumes, but this is that one week for Halloween. Whereas Christmas, uh, you see people already starting Christmas. It's like back in November they're already putting trees up. So that's just that that think that uh, mood of getting to the spirit of Christmas. It's just the best holiday. I was gonna say there aren't any Halloween songs, but there definitely are Halloween mm, songs. Thriller, thriller, <laughs> monster. You got mash. like the monster mash. You got you know. Uh, how about this? I mean, maybe shit. You can play superstitions on yeah. uh, Halloween. Yeah. There's the spooky, scary skeleton song that everyone loves, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can roll with that. See, it would be funny if the band called the Smashing Pumpkins only made Halloween music. But you see what I mean? How songs that aren't necessarily scary songs, they could still be used for Halloween. That's what I mean as far as like Die Hard being a Christmas film because it's about the the mood. Like if you watch it during Christmas, then it's for Christmas. Even though it's not necessarily about Christmas, it still has things tied to it that are about Christmas because it came out during Christmas. Same thing for Halloween. You can play Stevie Wonder song that has nothing to do with Halloween on Halloween. So it's about connections. I, you know what? I get it. I feel like it applies more to Halloween though. But what? what okay, this is this will get people mad. So I want to I want to ask, what do you think is an overrated Christmas movie? Like one people like? I can't really say that. I can say it's overrated. But I do, like I said, I do think it's not the best film in the series. And I'm saying that because I like Home Alone 3 so much. So because I like the third one so much, that's what I'm saying. It's overrated. So when I say Home Alone 2 is overrated, I'm not saying in the sense that it's bad or it's like not good or that people don't deserve to enjoy it because it's definitely a good film. I'm saying in the sense that I like something better. So it's not like the third one should be praised either more or just as much as two or one between it's either between home alone two or uh, uh polar express all right let me tell you Damn. the most overrated christmas movie all right, all right? Let's hear it, people aren't gonna like it but it's it's true it's because it i don't even think it's a good movie it's elf oh yes yeah i'm gonna definitely beat the shit out you man elf is such it's Great it's thing. not even it's not a funny movie it's not a is, it's not a pleasurable <sighs> to watch movie God. it's how could Great you pick. say any of this shit. This is unbelievable. I Will Ferrell is he's kind of questionable. Like Will Ferrell, his his films are like hit or miss to me. Like he and, he this, has, and, and this is a miss. He has Elf is, he has, Elf is good, man. Is is good for like the first thirty minutes. <laughs> okay. And after that, 
it's like, oh my god. Like you know how those films were like once you reach the point of you laughed enough already, then it's just like you can tell the writing is they don't know what to do with the writing after that. Like it's it's a film, it's a parody film called um Epic Movie. Or like the parodying all the superhero films and all the uh like sci fi films like Narnia and X Men and uh Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Like it's a parody of all those films. So I can like the first maybe hour or so they are doing good. Like I'm laughing, like the way he parodied these films is funny and creative, but like towards the end, I can just tell they ran out of jokes and it just becomes trash to me. So I get what he's saying about Elf because when I watch Elf, I don't watch Elf willingly. Like, like if it's on TV, I'll tune into it, but I don't, I don't watch it like on my own time. But I always like recall it being enjoyable up until like the part where I think he meets his dad, I think, or he realizes that a center or something like that. I forgot the the plot to it. But like I recall like towards like the middle of the film, that's where I tune out. So I agree with his his point. I don't appreciate the elf slander. I think it's pretty good. It's okay. It's it's just it's just it's there. It's you there. know, one more can I say. It's it's it's, I don't get enjoyment out of watching that movie. I just don't. I don't I'm sorry know. to break it to you. I don't know what my point or my pick would be for most overrated Christmas movie. It's a, it's a lot of Christmas films. Like, you gotta really think about it. You gotta like Google Okay, it. but most Christmas of them are just garbage and we know they're garbage. Like We don't rate them very high. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like only like 10 popular Christmas films. And like three of them are, are series. Like Home Alone series, uh, Santa Claus series. That's six right there. That's like no, that's like there's seven like, right there. There's like four Santa Claus movies. I don't know how many there are. There's a lot. So that's like though. that's that's seven right there. So if if half of them, half the popular ones are seven. Series, Home Alone I'm, is I'm five like movies. The series, like okay, Home Alone has like what six? It's five, I think five or six. It's, it's six, and then well, they uh, just got they just released one, so I don't know. But nobody, I'm talking about the popular ones. There's only three popular ones. So that's I argue three. There's two popular ones. I don't know how popular no. three is. Hope. Home Alone 3 is very popular. People love Home Alone 3. We're all love, Home Alone so. 3 fans. At. Stand, stand up for, if you're a Home Alone 3 enjoyer. Okay, if you, wanted to, if you want to be technical, 2. So 2 plus Santa Claus series, that's 5, 4. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say all of the Santa Claus movies are popular either. The most popular one is the one with uh, Jack Frost. Probably. I don't remember what one that is, I, though. I oh, is that, is that um like Guardians of the something? Galaxy? No. No. <laughs> It's, it's obviously not. Hold on, gar, gar, Guardians of. I know what you mean. It's it's the it's the one where uh, all the, the um. I know what you're different... talking about. I don't know what it's called. The Rise of the Guardians, bro. The that Guardian. movie. That movie fucks. Oh my god, I totally I, I forgot think... it existed. But that movie genuinely goes fucking berserk. They have um Hugh Jackman as the Easter Bunny. Mm-hmm. Oh my mm-hmm. god, bro. Yeah, I Easter Bunny. See it. Jude, uh, Jude Law plays the um the villain, like the boogeyman or whatever. Mm-hmm. Chris Pine is Jack Frost. That's such a good movie. I'm rewatching that movie. Genuinely. I agree. That's a that's a banger. Yeah, you know what? Fuck the, it. That's my favorite the, Christmas movie. The figures from holidays, like they had the Tooth Fairy, the, uh, the Easter, Easter Bunny, Bunny, Sandman. Uh, Santa. Um, yeah. Y'all remember yeah. when The Rock played a Tooth Fairy? By the way, of course. Oh my God. Uh, no, I, yeah, of course. Y'all remember when Larry <laughs> Dwayne the is his his role choices. Or just like how do you like? I understand he's he's such a popular person in Hollywood that no matter what he's in, people are gonna watch it. But I feel like he's wasting his time. Or that was I feel like that he's was. I mean, he he took that role a long time ago. I don't like he had the status back then, but I don't know if it was like where it is today. It's not nowhere near today, but 
at the same time, he was still coming off WB, right? So yeah, it was a little after. We, we, we still had that fan base. Um, but the Tooth Fairy, like films like that, Tooth Fairy and Jumanji and like all the other shit where he's like wearing khakis. It's like, all those. It's like every movie now, pretty much. Basically, pretty much. So I just feel like he's like, I understand he's doing it because it's a big paycheck and it's going to be big in the box office. But at the same time, like, just like, you get that money. Who's so, watching these films? Like, I don't I understand know. It's, going, it's like, who, I've never seen anybody say, oh my God, this is like Jumanji or, uh, Drive to the Center of Earth was my favorite film. Like, who's watching these films? Like, why do you keep doing the same type of film over and over again? I've never heard you know? anyone say, even this year, like, oh yeah, Jungle Book was so good. Like, who, exactly. who went and saw Jungle like, Book? These films? I never saw the the new Jungle Book. The only good movie, uh, new one that they've made is there's two actually. One is Beauty and the Beast, and the other one's Aladdin. I really like the new Aladdin. Yeah, I heard I heard Aladdin was good. I heard Dumbo was trash. All the live actions. Lion King, Dumbo. And- Lion King was terrible. You should not have said Lion King. Roz is about to <laughs> blow a gasket. Um, Lion King was so bad. <laughs> I told you, they said it was like Discovery Channel with commentary. It literally was. beyond. And dude, getting this, a star-studded voice cast. This is the problem with Hollywood these days. They choose to have bigger names as voice actors than actual mm-hmm. voice actors. Exactly. Yeah. Was there any reason for Zendaya to voice Lola Bunny? Fuck no. But they did it because they're like, oh my god, Zendaya and LeBron James. I'm just, we're gonna mm-hmm. go crazy. I mean, she did good to me. Like, her voice well, acting Zendaya wasn't is, that bad. Zendaya's a good actor. So. Was it wasn't that bad. That doesn't mean she's a good voice actor. I mean, yeah, yeah, I, mean I mean, like it wasn't bad, but it wasn't like, oh my god, this is amazing. So I, I mean, Gambino's Gambino was a fantastic actor, and mm-hmm. he was a terrible Simba. Right, it's just the way it goes. That's the thing. They, they they used him for his for his singer voice because he he, sounded, he was a good singer. So that's the thing. Like like you said, they didn't find voice actors for the acting part. They just wanted good singers. That's why they had Beyonce. That's why they had Gambino. That's why they had like people that were actually like singers to do the singing roles. But I feel like even with good actors, the animation was too realistic. So you can have good actors all you want, but if the animation is like watching Animal Planet, it wasn't going to work regardless. Yeah, it, like- it lacked it lacked emotion in the animation, but also in the voice. Like it's like I love Jeremy Irons as Scar in the original Lion King, right? And I think Jeremy Irons is a great actor. Mm-hmm. I think Chiwetel Ejiofor is a great actor, but he was a bad Scar, in my opinion. Like he didn't have the same like emotion to it as right. jeremy iron did right yeah. they, uh, sonic the live action sonic film had people, good animation people didn't hate sonic but i don't want to talk about sonic, sonic is a good movie bro i'm excited for that sequel. the animation i'm not even kidding it was it was, like, it was a good movie i enjoyed it and then Jim it Carrey, of course, if anything with jim carrey automatically it's like i haven't i can't name a, a bad bad film he's been in if he's doing like a a, a live action portrayal like he's done uh Count Olaf, he's done The Grinch. Like anything where he's doing like a, a live action portrayal of a character, I'll make know he's going to do good. So I'm glad that right. this time it was Sonic because that was a good film. And I feel like the animation they had for Sonic, even though they got bullied into changing it, I feel like if Disney had that same type of like almost realistic but not fully realistic animation, people would have enjoyed it more than just having like super, super like like actual like lions and stuff like that. KJ. We are, are we're, we're reaching the the end, you know. We we've gone a long time. You know, it I hasn't agree. really felt like it, to be honest. But uh, that's what that's what that's what good conversation talks about. I know when you when you talking just talking like real life talking. 
feels like it's like 30 minutes. Definitely. And that's our goal. So we do with our guests have have some things we like to do. We have not done, you know, anything like that in a while because it's been, been a long time since we've had a guest, but we have added every guest has always made a Mad Lib. Every single guest has, has always made one at least. But we also now, we've never done it with a guest before. We did it to ourselves one time. We also can play Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? And I have questions ready if, mm-hmm. if you do want to play. And we will put some money up. Money. If you want to win some money. Okay. Raza, do you want to put do you want to put money up too? Do you want to split if he if he wins? Sure, let's do it. Okay. I'm feeling lucky. You know you know how I feel about uh I'm I'm a degenerate so. <laughs> Raza's a gambler man. Except in this case, he, there's no opportunity to win money, just lose money. Mm-hmm. Um, so we never we never done it with a guess. So for money, well, how how smarter than a fifth grader always worked was you have to win the whole game to get any money i think mm-hmm. what do you think kj do you, do you feel confident in going five for five yeah i mean i told you that math problem you said it's gonna be a math problem i here. did tell, I, so yeah math, math math will be the fifth grade question um that's crazy my fast is reaching up to me or you could make a mad lib like every other guest or you or you could be the first are you smarter than a fifth grade or that'd be player. an honor to be the first one to beat the game He's a mold breaker. The first one to even play. So I guess we'll do True. that. If you, if you, if that's your final call. How much do you want to put up, Rosa? I'm, I'm feeling ten each, twenty bucks, pennies. <laughs> if I, I'm if, poor. If, if if I put up ten dollars and lost it, I'd be overdrafting. Mm. That being said, right now. That being said, <laughs> sure. You're serious. I, right? I think I think he has more of a chance to keep his money if it's if it's a math problem. This man, like I, said, I just. All right, before we start playing Smart Fifth Grader, please donate to PPS. Raza literally doesn't have $10. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm starving. This man's been starving to death for the last week and a half. Please send him food. We, we will figure out how to get KJ $20, but if he wins. We'll figure it out. If. Big if. All right. Are you Smart in Fifth Grader time? I'm nervous. All right. Let's, I'm going to edit in a little theme right here for the transition. KJ. So we don't have to go in order. In fact, I don't think they they rarely ever did on Are You Smart in the Fifth Grader, but we have five questions. Right. We have first grade English, second grade geography, third grade history, fourth grade science, fifth grade math. What do you want to start with? First grade English. First grade English. Okay. Of course. All right. Question one. What is the term for a word that is similar to another word? Synonym. Yes, that's correct. You got one down. His hand was in his, his face was in his hand thinking, oh, come on, what is it? It really right? was, for real. I had to think. I, I almost said similarly, to be honest, but I'm glad I said the right answer. <laughs> All right. So now we have second grade geography, third grade history, fourth grade science, fifth grade math. Third grade history. Third grade history. Okay. Yeah. KJ, third grade history. Who took over as president after Abraham Lincoln was assassinated? This is multiple choice, so let me read the answer. So A, we have Andrew Jackson. B, we got Ulysses S. Grant. C, we got Andrew Johnson. And D, we got Rutherford B. Hayes. So out of those four, who do you th- what do you think the answer is? Ulysses S. Grant sounds like a very like, old name. 
I can't imagine. I, I will say all of them were president at one point. Yeah, I know they were all president. I'm just saying, like, I can't, like, I never heard. I don't. I can't recall him being president after Abraham Lincoln because I know just he was in wars. I think. Uh, let me see. You said Andrew B. Jackson. Andrew Jack uh, Rutherford B. Hayes is is the B. Rutherford. So funny. Anyway, uh, I'm gonna do any mini money mo. You know what? Actually, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go with Andrew Johnson solely because that my last name is Johnson. I'm gonna go with him. That that is the correct answer. It's, that is correct. Is oh my correct. god, really? It is Andrew wow. Johnson. <laughs> All right, he's that was crazy. Two he's two that was two. Oh my god, crazy! It's, it's the right answer. All right, second grade geography, fourth grade science, fifth grade math. What do you want next? Fifth grade math. Okay, he's going for fifth grade math. Oh, he's swinging for the. He's calling his shot like Babe Ruth right now. All right, fifth grade math. How long is an American football field in feet? You said how long is a football field in feet? Yeah, American football field, to to, uh, to be precise. So can I like if I get the wrong the right answer? It's close to the right answer. Can I round or something? <laughs> you know, it what should I, be an exact answer. Well, it it it, it is it is an exact. Well, I have the exact answer, but I'll give but you who who, who who knows that like that's like it, I mean, it's just it's just, <laughs> it's just a conversion. I'll give you. A I'm gonna. Five I'm, feet. I'm, 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 I'm a, I'm gonna keep my thoughts to myself because I actually am genuinely curious about this. I'll give you. I'm a, keeping my thoughts to myself. I'll give you uh, a five foot. Uh, like if you get within five feet. Okay. Uh, you said feet, so that's, that's a lot of feet. Um, three twenty. Three hundred twenty. That's your final answer. Yes. It's three sixty. God damn it. Damn. That's okay. So, so, so my thought process was this: is this, is this, the, is the football field a goal line to goal line, or is it the back of the end zone it's, or the back a, of the end zone? Football field is back of the end zone, the back of the end zone. So okay. it's one twenty. Right. That was obviously answered by it being three sixty. Yeah. So that's crazy. Uh, it's, that is a miss. So you're down. We could we could just finish it off if you want. We still have second grade geography and fourth grade science. I'm terrible at science, but let's go fourth grade science. Fourth grade science. What is the boiling temperature of water in Fahrenheit and Celsius? Is this a fourth grade question? Yeah, I never heard. I never got that question ever in my life in fourth grade. I feel like it definitely is. Mm. Maybe like sixth grade or seventh grade. I've been in school in like like 30 years. It's going to take me a while. I don't even know how to measure that, to be honest. What, in Celsius? I know 500 degrees is hot. So 500 degrees is super hot. The yes, highest you ever go. Something below that has to be the answer. I'm pretty sure 300 is not, like, that's not realistic. 300 degrees is not realistic. 300, 300 is too high, yes. Yeah, so that means it has to be 200, but, like, 200 straight is not, like, I, I, can't, I can't say 200 straight is a realistic answer. So I'm going to, like, round up, I'm going to say 210. 210, no, 211. 211 Fahrenheit. I will. I'll give you the round because it's two hundred and twelve on Fahrenheit. Real? Yes, it's two hundred twelve. Crazy. Um, but what did he? <laughs> I paused. I genuinely paused that when is, he said two thousand. When he said two ten, I like paused, and then when he said two eleven, I like put my hands over my mouth. I was like, "Bryce, you better give him that shit." <laughs> I will. You better. Don't it's, it's one degree. I'm, I'm, I'm um, intelligent. It's 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 one degree. So Celsius. Do you have a Wait. do you have a guess for Celsius? Isn't Celsius supposed to be like? Like, uh, like in how inches and centimeters are like different. So, um, yeah, that they Celsius. are different. Yes, I mean, I know they're different. I'm just saying, like, it's like you know, it's anyway. Uh, 
So if if Fahrenheit is two hundred and it's different, it can't be like super low. I'm gonna say one hundred. It is. It's one hundred. It is. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is this, this, that's too if, if those were that's genuine too... guesses, those are some of the best like deduction the... I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's insane. A, that's a coincidence. I just I ran, I literally just guessed that out. Like some told me to say one hundred because I yeah. said like different. So Celsius kind of works on that flat plane where yeah. freezing is zero, boiling's a hundred. Mm-hmm. Um. So last one, second grade geography. Perfect. All right, which city has the largest population in North America? And I'm good. It's a multiple choice. So A, New York City, B, Mexico City, C, Los Angeles, or D, Chicago? Los Angeles. It's it's B, Mexico City. God damn That's it. what I was thinking. I was going to say New York, but... And I left at the answer, too. That's crazy. When you said when you said Mexico City as a choice, I was like, it has to be Mexico City. Yeah, Mexico City's number one by a lot too. Probably like fifteen million people. Um and that's like per like like actual within limits, I think so, is, is the this is the guess there. So as of twenty fifteen, Mexico City has eight point eight million, New York has eight point four million, and LA has three point nine million. Damn. That'll be updated though, probably. I feel like LA's grown a lot. Um, Chicago's two point seven. I think is Chicago top five? Or no, is it, it's top uh, 10, I, I in North America, I doubt it. In 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 the United States, maybe it's probably like three or four in the U.S. I can pull this up real quick. Can you pull that up? So, okay. so, so Chicago's three. It goes New York, L.A., Chicago, Houston, Phoenix, Philly, San Antonio, San Diego, Dallas, San Jose. That's your top ten. Interesting. All right, you got you got a three or five. That's pretty solid. I think oh, I got like strong. two when we did this. I, I think like, I think we did around there. I think it, it was a long time ago. Listen, it's always harder than it seems because it, it doesn't feel like these questions are like from the grade that they're from. Like the Andrew Johnson shit, I never would have thought that would have popped up in like you know that's, third grade. You know, I'm gonna tell you, I literally like just guessed. I didn't, I didn't even expect to be right, to be right. I did, I, some it, told me low key Johnson. He so. he did put up a master class in guessing. I won't lie. Yeah, it was very impressive. But he did he did pretty well. Not you won't be getting twenty dollars, unfortunately. That Raza is like breathing <laughs> out course. his mouth right now. Like he's he was Yeah, fo- bro, my hands my hands are on my knees. <laughs> he was he was he was foaming at the mouth. But I, I, I think we can wrap it up there. Perfect. Yeah, I, I I liked how smart a fifth grader worked. So that, thank you for showing us how that would work on a guest because I, I had fun. Yeah, we're, we're forever in your debt. The inaugural contestant on the show, so I appreciate it. Um, but but thank you, KJ. Before we wrap this up, though, do you want to shout out anybody? Of course, oh my gosh. So I'm in a film. Uh, it's called the Abs- the Absence of Color. It's a film by um a guy named Elijah. His ad name on Twitter is uh Rip Elijah again at Rip Elijah again. So I want to shout him out because you know I want to be an actor, and him doing that for me is going to be helping me my, with my career. But yes, again, like I said, I appreciate being on the show. I appreciate it. Where can we find oh, you? You can find me at k.johnson underscore. All right. And that's D O T, right? Yes. D O T, no dot, no actual dot. D O T, spell it out. Don't be crazy. A D O T. All right. Well, we are at ProPod Show. I am It's Beers, ITS Beers, Raza is Razier, double underscore. And uh, for the love of God, put some respect on Home Alone. Home Alone 3, specifically. Yeah.